Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's happening, everybody? Bob Wankel alongside Anthony Sanfilippo for a brand new episode of Crossed Up. And I lied to our listeners earlier in the week. I said, if the Phillies make the playoffs, we'll absolutely do. A, a new episode uh, ahead of the series. I was uh, maybe a day late. We were a day late on me. I got to do a better job. But we're here and we're talking about a Phillies game one victory over the St. Louis Cardinals in unbelievable fashion, no less. And so I believe what we are intending to do is maybe multiple podcasts throughout these uh, these postseason series. And I'm going to use the, the plural there, uh, trying to be hopeful for the fans out there. Maybe we do more than... Just one series here against the Cardinals. Anthony, what a game that was today. Um, didn't see it coming that way, that's for sure. No, Bob, I, I didn't see it coming that way. Um, I kind of thought it would be a low-scoring affair. Um, I thought that the Phillies would take advantage of the Cardinals' middle relief because that's usually like the one spot um, uh, where it, – they're, they're not, you know, they're they're a little bit weaker. The back end of their bullpen is usually really strong, uh, but the, it's, it's it's a little bit weaker um, uh, in the middle. But then it was no score into the seventh inning, and I thought, okay, well this this can only go badly at this point. And when Yepes hits the pinch hit home run off Alvarado, like everyone else, I thought they're going to blow this great start by Wheeler because their offense is inconsistent. And then Oliver Marmel does what a lot of managers do in the playoffs, and I will never understand it. We talk about it every year. He decides to make his closer do a five-inning save. And Helsley was fine in the eighth. I think he threw like, I don't know, 11 pitches, 12 pitches, whatever it was. Fine. But the first batter in the ninth is Reese Hoskins. And Hoskins strikes out. But if you watch the at-bat again, only the first pitch was a strike. The other five pitches in the at-bat were all out of the zone and way out of the zone. So blame Hoskins for swinging at two shitty pitches. But if you see that and you watch that, you're like, this guy might not have it. And Real Muto takes advantage with a single and then credit Harper and Castellanos with two professional at-bats, two professional plate appearances. that They make the difference in the inning because once it gets there, you kind of kind of feel like the Phillies are going to at least tie it, right? I, I didn't think that they were going to blow it at that point, especially because he still didn't have anybody up in the pen. He was going to let this guy go. And so, like, this was bad managing and the Phillies taking advantage of it. And you know what? They just got that from that point on, they did all the little things right. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, you um, when you look at the series and you size it up at the start, you, you talk about how are the Phillies going to pull this off? And t- 
talk a little bit about the odds even coming in and, and everyone's looking at the Phillies, not expecting much. They're a six seed and we get all of this, but then you start to look at the odds, right? And you see that by first pitch today, both sides were minus 110 and you're like, yeah. okay, so odds makers are looking at this game as a coin flip. And it really was a coin flip game as it played out. And then you look at the series price and you see by the time the first pitch of game one goes off, minus 130, minus 125. And I, I talked earlier in the week about the football equivalent of that being basically a two-point favorite at home. So oddsmakers are saying that the Phillies are very live here. They're, they're absolutely able to win this series. And when you think about how they're going to do it, it's with the starting pitching. It's going to be Zach Wheeler. It's got to be Aaron Nola in game two. That's the formula. So for Zach Wheeler to deliver the way that he did and then things fall apart the way that they did. It was so deflating. And you have to play three. You have to win two. Or, you know, I, you're going to play three games probably. You know, you got to win two of them to advance. But it just felt like that that game, if they lose 2 nothing today after that Wheeler performance, you go, how do you really get yourself back up for that, right? And, I mean, there's plenty of examples where teams have horrible postseason losses and they rebound. And, and the Cardinals are going to hope that they can do that now tomorrow night. But for the Phillies to to lose this game today, it, you know, I, I think it would have probably been a death blow. If we would have recorded tonight, I would have told you that was their shot. They blew it. And to their credit, the the we've talked about this team's resilience all year, how they're able to get up and, they, you know, they take a punch and they can kind of just rebound. And they, they've done that all season. And and I guess we should have all known better as we were watching that game in real time that they weren't out of it, that it wasn't over. And you said it, some really professional at-bats on a day where they weren't swinging the bat very well. They were able to bear down with their backs against the wall and get it done. And for my money, you know, who knows where this thing goes? Maybe the season's over by Sunday night. But in isolation and not knowing what comes next, one of the best Phillies wins in, in the history of the franchise. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I said, I, I said the same thing. I'm like, I, you know, and I was referencing um, Fransky's call on Segura's hit. I said, it's not stairs rips one into the night. It's not Rollins hit where, you know, they do it to Broxton again. But man, it's up there. It's up. There. It's going to be one of those games that we talk about. You know, I mean, the Phillies don't have a lot of a, a lengthy playoff history. Right, they really just don't. I mean, especially for people that are that are really alive today, unless you're older and you really remember this, you know, the late seventies, early eighties, which I barely do. Right, I mean, I I barely remember nineteen eighty. So, um, really, it's like ninety three, and then you know the 07 to eleven groups. There's not a lot, and so when you really kind of put it put it into perspective, this is a hell of a win. This is a hell of a win, and it's going to go down. In, in the in the history books as one of those classic Phillies playoff games that we talk about for years to come just because they had a six-run rally in the ninth inning. And it was so improbable in a lot of ways. I mean, when you look at it, Cardinals were, man, and, and, you know, I, I hate numbers like this because it's, it's over generations. But the Cardinals had never lost a game with a two-run lead in the ninth inning in the postseason. They were 93-0. Um it had only happened that a team scored six runs in the ninth inning of a playoff game ten times, nine times before today, and this was the first time it had ever happened where a team had not had zero going into the ninth inning. Um, it was the first time that a team uh, came back to win by at least three runs, went down by at least two in the ninth inning. Um, Gene Segura's hit was only the third hit all season long 
on a pitch that far out of the strike zone, and he has two of the three. <laughs> like there, there's just so many weak, like crazy, amazing things about it, and and it's just and, it's unbelievable. It's 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 we'll talk about it forever. You know what I'll say is this: is it's like this game. If they don't win this series, it's going to be incredibly disappointing. Sure, and. Yeah we will probably be singing a very different tune than we will be after a thrilling game one victory right now. But it's almost like making the postseason. You go, oh, if they just they get bounced in two games, what's even the point? But this afternoon sort of made it worth it, right? Yep. Like, and, and I know, and I know that it'll be harder to say that if they don't win this series because we'll say, what's the point? You know, what's the point of even having that moment if it, if it's – not even to get out of that opening wild uh, wild card round series, but I really do kind of feel like that. That's the moment. It was like today was a a reminder to people in this city, and I know there were a lot of people that were really hungry for it. But I think that there was a reminder to the casual fan, to the casual sports fan, like, oh shit, playoff baseball is fucking awesome when when you have moments like that. Yeah. You know, that was what today was. It was like splashing cold water, I think, on some of the more casual or you know um you, you know more, more detached fans of this city yep I, another thing under and it just so many things about that ninth inning underappreciated moment is and i and it's funny i was sitting here with my son saying should you pinch run for castellanos because he's the because he's the go-ahead run right he doesn't but he pinch runs for bone instead right. And, and a great call. it got him a run. Sosa gets them the run. Yeah. Bone would have been out of the plate. There's no doubt. All right? Sosa gets the run on a great slide. And it turns out to be the game-winning run because Eflin gives up a run in the ninth inning. Like, like just something that small. Little thing. And then there were other little things that just didn't work out. He tried a safety squeeze with Bryson Stott. You know? Like, that to me was like, that's, a, that's ballsy, man. That's, right. that's baseball. That's some good stuff right there. And, and so, like, I liked a lot of what Thompson did, you know, even though the Alvarado thing didn't work and the Eflin thing wasn't great. Hey, David Robertson had a good anything. That's a, that's a good sign, right, I guess? Yeah, it sure did. Now, it's the, the story of this game through through seven innings, through eight innings, was the, the decision by Rob Thompson to go to Jose Alvarado and yank Zach Wheeler at 96 pitches. And I get both schools of thought here. It's the postseason. It's essentially a do or die game. Zach Wheeler's velocity was fine. He was, he was pitching really well. I get it, but he's also somebody that's only registered what 15 total innings since coming off the injured list. He had been nowhere near that type of pitch count in months you trust Jose Alvarado probably more than anybody in that bullpen right now. He had been so good. Yeah. So I get why a lot of fans are looking at this and saying like, this is ridiculous. It's overthinking it. You should not have pulled Zach Wheeler for me. I, I, I understand exactly why Rob Thompson did it. And so I, in the moment defended the move and I quickly pointed to the, the four Phillies hitters making a combined $90 million this season, and they're <laughs> 0 for 12 through the early innings, which looked like it was going to be a 0 for 20 by the time the game was going to reach right. its conclusion, or 0 for 19, I think it would have been. So 
that was my focus, and that's what I thought we were going to be talking about here. You know, the Phillies' big-time hitters not getting it done, and for much of the day, they they didn't, and really even in that ninth inning, some some big at-bats. But, you know, you, you want to see a team that's built on offense deliver a little bit more than that. And so if you're going to walk away from this game with some – you know, objectivity and some critique, like, come on guys. Like I know it's baseball. I know it's one game. I know that then Quintana has been awesome for the Cardinals. I know that that, that St. Louis bullpen at the back end is tough, but like, God, give me a little bit more than that. And so they'll, yeah. they'll have an opportunity and hopefully they're a little bit more relaxed during game two. Yeah, hopefully so. I, and I'll tell you, I, you know me, I'm usually the guy who likes to keep the pitcher in, right? Yeah. I'm the guy who says, keep the pitcher in. You know, if people forget, you look at that bottom of the sixth, um, he gives up the he gives up the hit to uh, Edmund, and then he walks Newt Bar first and second, nobody out, and he gets out of it with the double play by Pujols, which wouldn't have been a double play by anybody else, just because it was the slowest runner on earth, right? That they get the double play, and then Boehm actually makes a nice play on the hard ground ball by um, Goldschmidt and gets out of the inning. But it, you were starting to see not that the, not that his velocity was dropping but his location was just starting to be a little off he was and starting I, to pull some pitches to lefties you saw yeah. that he was running inside to lefties he was pulling. Yeah. You know, yeah i mean you could you could see if you were really watching it and you know again i i think that most people t- to be honest with you and this isn't like i'm not trying to be like elitist here or anything like that but you know you, you take in twitter and ultimately i had a, a what looked like a bad take in the end because i was criticizing the offense and they came through and scored right. six runs in life and so, you know, freezing cold takes, right? But really what I tweeted was more in a defense of Rob Thompson in that situation. I feel like some of the people that were being critical were people that may not have watched the Phillies all the time this season. Right. And I'm not, I'm not like trying to be snooty well, when I say that. It, it, it's, it's hard. It's hard. You know, people who just look at it, fans look at it from, they're just looking at the numbers and they're saying, he hasn't let up a run. He's only let up two hits. Why are you taking him out of the game? Right. And it's not, they're not looking at how his, you know, what's changed in his pitching over the course of 96 pitches. They're not seeing the, 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 the slight differences that, you know, a pitching coach and a manager are looking at. And, that, you know, obviously, you know, we, because we're down there and we're watching a little bit more closely, you know, that we're seeing as well. So sometimes you just have to explain it and hopefully people get it. Uh, you know, obviously they felt like they they had an argument because then Alvarado comes in and gives up the home run. And I was a little concerned with him. He, here's a guy who can throw 100, 101, and he's going with 93-mile-an-hour cutters. Yeah. Up. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I, is that – Well, what, I, what's, what's interesting – like, so, yes, I, I, I hear you, and the pitch selection was a little bit questionable – I, I, you wonder how each of these guys is going to react in this moment and in these situations. I yeah. mean, you know, Zach Wheeler today was a stone cold killer. And to be honest with you, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, Zach Wheeler is about as just even keel unbothered as it gets. Uh, Aaron Nola is much the same way from a personality standpoint, but the, the storyline has been, and I guess up until Monday night that he can't deliver in the big moment. Right. So we'll have another opportunity to see what he does in that moment tomorrow night or on Saturday night, depending on when you're listening to this. So I, I guess the, the question for me is, you know, how are each of these guys going to respond to their first real, you know, pressure, pressure moments, yeah. pressure situations. 
And, you know, I think that maybe the moment today was a little bit, a little bit big for, for Alvarado. I mean, it felt like that for a guy that's just been so dominant, so lights out. And, and that's going to happen. Like I, it's weird, right? Like the Phillies lose this game two nothing today. I, I don't think, I don't think it would have been fair to be throwing darts at Jose Alvarado. Right. I, I just, I didn't I feel, like that. I, didn't, I didn't blame him for what happened. No, it was one bad pitch. Yeah. So that's I, 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 I just didn't like, I didn't like throwing the same pitch. Um, Three two. To uh, who did he walk? Carlson, Dylan Carlson. Right. So it's the same pitch. He threw three two, and it's like, like, dude, go hundred miles an hour and see if that guy can get around on you. He hasn't been hitting, you know. Let's just don't just don't put it in in like a power spot. Like if you end up walking him on a pitch that's away, but it's hundred miles an hour on the outer half. Okay, you walk right. him there. That that right. cutter up and in, like I just I don't see it as a I don't see it as a strikeout pitch, you know. Right. That's why I was a little. And then he went right back to it, first pitch to Yepes, and he got out in front and put it in the seats. Yeah, and and to be fair, like I don't want to like I just said like how's Jose Alvarado going to react in the moment? It's a little bit of a new environment. Like I believe multiple seasons with the Rays, I think he pitched in the 2020 postseason. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a totally new ball game, not a totally new environment. But again, I mean, he's not somebody with a ton of postseason right, experience. Right, 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 Um, So I'll tell you what I thought about today. And this is one of these things that, you know, 48 hours from now might might seem completely ridiculous or it might be onto something. Uh, you remember back to 2019, the Nationals win the World Series, obviously. And it starts with a wild card game against the Brewers, one in which they trailed for the vast majority uh, throughout. And they are, I believe, down 3-1 in the eighth inning, I want to say. I want to make sure I have this right. I didn't look this up. But I'm pretty sure they were down multiple runs in the eighth inning. And it was Juan Soto singles out to right field. Ball gets under the right fielder's glove. And three-run score Nationals win the wild card game. And then, you know, it propels them forward to a World Series. And I I thought about that game as I was watching this unfold today. I just said to myself, like, baseball is only as good as your next day starting or your momentum is only as good as your next day starting pitcher. And that's the old cliche. And that's true. You know, Aaron Nola goes out there and he's not sharp tomorrow night and gets blasted. Then none of this matters. But this really did feel like not just a game one win, but a game that could kind of maybe – really light a fire under this team's ass and maybe send them somewhere. So it, it's just, that was my takeaway as I watched it. I said, wow, it's going to be extremely difficult for the, for the Cardinals to come back after this, the way that this played out. And it, it simultaneously, it's like, man, the Phillies might really be, you know, have a win here that could really jolt them forward. Yeah, no. And, that, and you were spot on about that Nationals game. Trent Grisham, I believe, was the right fielder. Um, and it was like a that, play where you're just like, you, you felt sick to your stomach for him because, I mean, he lost the game for them. You yeah. Know? So yeah. You, you look back at the 2019 Nationals, I mean, he probably deserves a ring. Yeah, exactly. Well, then they went ahead and then they played the Dodgers and it was a best of five, went five games. Yeah. You know, um, and, and look, if, if you Phillies win this series – and they play Atlanta, and you and and you want them to beat Atlanta and get to the NLCS. It's not going to be three. <laughs> it's probably going to be five. Games. Yeah, 
So. so, I mean, you talked about it earlier, you know, just um, it goes down the Fransky call. That's going to be one that you hear for a very long time, probably independent of what happens in the remainder of the series. I've talked a lot with you about this team not really kind of capturing the fan base, not really um, really asserting itself and being like a, a team that you feel like you have to go see or a team that you feel a deep connection to. But I've always posited that it, it was going to require – postseason moments it was going to require postseason wins number one but postseason moments for these individual players and today you got you got one of those games that had some moments where you're like man you remember that gene segura hit and and i don't know that gene segura is going to be here next year right like right. we talked about that in our last episode but you feel happy for a guy and you know the the writers and us know that that story writes itself. Here's a guy that had been the longest tenured player in Major League Baseball without making the postseason. He finally gets there and he delivers in the biggest moment of all of them. Um, but like, so that's a moment. Zach Wheeler, it, it's great to, to be a, a Cy Young candidate. It's great to be one of the best pitchers in baseball, but it's that moment right there that kind of takes you to another level. It's that type of performance in that type of spot that really does it. So, I mean, I think that, you know, Alec Bohm today, a great play defensively, made a couple other quasi-difficult plays, the double early on, gets hit by a 101-mile-an-hour fastball, and he's clapping it up immediately because he knows that it scored a run. Like, that's the type of stuff that sticks with a fan base. And so I'm very curious to see, in the event that the Phillies can win this series or do win this series and they get to that game three against Atlanta next week, if it were to happen. And I know this all sounds like one big jinx, but I have to project out a little bit. You know, I expect that crowd to be, to be legit. I, I think for the first time in a very long time, it'll feel like old times. I agree. I, I agree. I think it, it, it'll be that way. Um, and it's fun. Like you start looking around, like you start seeing some video from some bars and you see some fans hooping it up and getting excited and fired up for the Phillies. And, you know, it's you, – you can tell it's coming, Bob. It's it's yeah. coming. And it, it, they have – again, they have to win this series. But you beat the Cardinals either tomorrow or Sunday. I, I think it's there. I, I don't I don't even think you need it to come home. I think, that I think it'll be there for the first two games in Atlanta. There'll be a lot of talk about the team. There'll be a lot of, you know – uh, it'll 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 be all over talk radio. It'll be um, you know a lot of news coverage of it. Um, you'll get some fans who make the trek down to Atlanta uh, because of the Braves and they don't they just don't sell out. So some some crazy fans will make it down there, um, and it'll be a lot of hooping and hollering. But yeah, game three here. Regardless, I think we originally said it has to be at least one one. I would say even if they're down 0-2, I think you'll get a good enough crowd for that game almost as an appreciation for getting there, you know, for yeah. going 15 straight road games and, and getting into the playoffs and, and getting them a home, promising them a home playoff game. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that, I think that the fans will appreciate that. Yeah. So let's, I guess, look, look forward here. And because I've, I've slanted positive and how could you not after, after watching what we watched this afternoon unfold the way that it did, but, I guess let's let's spin it around here and let's just say the Phillies don't win this series. They they go Ugh. on to lose the next two games. I, I think it's something that just for the sake of, of being somewhat balanced here, I think we should just note this. Um, if if that were to happen, because truthfully, we will probably not record after game two. I no. don't think. No, if they well, if they, well, regardless, I mean, if they even if they if they win tomorrow, we'll probably record Monday. Yes, we will. We will probably. 
resume at the uh, when this series is concluded one way or the other. But I guess yeah. let's just talk about the possibility of of losing game two and and then not winning a, a decisive game three. Uh, I know it's probably going to depend on how things play out. You know, Aaron Nola losing one nothing would be a lot different than Aaron Nola losing you know, eight to one and getting shelled. So the the talking points, I guess, aren't exactly defined at this point. But if the Phillies don't win this series now, uh, do you think that that we, and I know we touched on this earlier in the week, do you expect, would you expect big changes at that point? Or, Or are you still of the mindset that, hey, listen, you know, what they're going to do, they're probably going to do regardless of whether or not they beat the Cardinals one more time here. Right. I, I, I'm still standing by that. I think that the changes that are coming in this offseason are coming regardless. The only way that that changes is if they make some kind of crazy-ass run to the World Series. I, you know, I, think even if, I think even if you get to the NLCS and lose to the Dodgers, I still think like there's going to be some, some changes that need to be made. Um, just because you got hot and – in a play in the out for two weeks in the playoffs does not gone, you know, say, oh, we roll it back with the same group. I think that there will be a couple of changes, but if they make a run to the world series, I can see, you know, all right, let's give it a shot with, you know, with what we have and see if we can't make it work. Um, because of course everybody will be on board with the team by that point. Or um, is this ownership so scared to death of, of loyalty and, and banking on, past results that that they never go down that road again because that's part of the reason that it, it took 11 years to get back to this spot so well, that is what i wonder i do wonder like i said that to you the other day if they make a deep playoff run we will probably be talking about a situation in which as we're watching the padres go up three nothing live on the, well, the, mets. the mets are done this Toast. is unbelievable Toast. unbelievable uh, but yeah, I mean, like we talked about, if they make that deep run, maybe that would then change some of the math, change some of the calculus on, on what they do in terms of roster construction moving forward. But I do kind of wonder, like, does this does this organization say, like, wait a minute, wait a minute, we we did some commitments in the past that we probably shouldn't have based on previous performance. Maybe let's not go that way. Yeah, I mean, again, the only the only player that really to me kind of looks, you know, movable at this point is Hoskins. Yeah, and, and then Segura is a free agent. So then you just you well, Segura, probably, they, they actually have an option on him. Got an option, yeah. But yeah. I don't I don't but, think, but I think I, because because of the need to bring in that that superstar infielder. Right. Yeah, right. it just doesn't doesn't add. Right, I agree. I agree. Um unless you unless you justify it by saying and this is the only way I could justify it, by saying we're gonna bring in that superstar infielder, we trade Hoskins, we move Bohm to first. First. Yeah. And then stock goes to third and Segura stays at second. Right. I mean, I mean, that's, there is a way to do it and still keep Segura for another year. I, I don't think they will. I think that this is it for him. Um, but again, crazier things can happen. He can have this great playoff run, you know, and, and be, be a star player for them here. And, and also you look at it and say, let's give him one more year. We have the option. Let's do it. Why not? Yeah. You know? I, I had some I had some talking points here about things I, I wanted to kind of like get into, and I now that we're we've started to have this conversation, I think I want to forego it. But I, I actually did want to talk about some of the at bats against Quintana, how frustrating they were, Awful. how totally off balance they were. I mean, just Awful. throwing away at bats. And I will say uh, there's there is now time for Bryce Harper to sort of you know save himself, and he did draw a key walk in the ninth inning, no doubt, and and that should not be overlooked, but. 
Yeah, I know everyone keeps talking about the numbers since he came back from the injury. I know that everybody kind of keeps looking at the the timing and A-Rod kind of clobbered him a little bit today. And I, I really thought that that broadcast was just God awful. But one of the one of the better parts of it, I thought, was A-Rod's dissection of, of what's going on with Bryce Harper right now. And he talked about how, how Bryce is being dictated to. You know, he's not attacking the pitcher. And I don't just mean like with an aggressive approach, but his swing is literally either way out or just totally defensive and late. And that's what you are seeing. And I thought, I thought Alex Rodriguez actually did a pretty good job explaining that. He did. That. I thought he was great. I, and here's the, I'm not as anti A-Rod as a lot of people are. I mean, I don't like the guy as a person. I don't like what he did as a player. Um, but I think as a broadcaster, he's got that Tony Romo-ish kind of yeah. vibe to him where he can, he can tell you what's going to happen. Like, I, like I thought in the ninth inning, I thought he was great telling you that, um, when Helsley threw two fastballs away to Harper and said, I, I, I'm sitting here looking at, at a breaking ball in. Yeah. I actually thought he was, he was good in that spot. And I thought that he did deliver at, at points, though sparing yeah. some pretty good analysis though. I will say when Helsley also had the, the hand looked at in the ninth, like how do you not jump all over that? Like very clearly, yeah, very clearly a stall tactic. Like it was a, and by the way, I mean, he had a, a blister issue earlier in the week. Like, he was removed right. from his last appearance in the regular season. You know, hey, nothing nothing wrong. I'm not saying that there was no issue, but clearly they went out there to buy time. 100, to 100%. Well, that's because Marmol was so so bad in getting the bullpen ready. Like, he didn't have those guys warm. He just didn't. Right. And, then, and then we didn't even get into it. I think he makes a mistake. Um, you know, at, at that point, you got Flaherty, who's a strikeout pitcher. Yeah. Right. Like warming up. Why don't you go to him in that spot? So bases, it makes bases wonder, loaded one out. I agree. I mean, that's the game is that's the game right there. I know there's a little bit of a or earlier in the week prior to the start of the series, there was some talk about perhaps starting Flaherty in game three. But if you're going to get him up and moving around, then, you know, that, who, what are you doing? You know, it was, yeah, it was it didn't very make any sense. He went with a contact pitcher against a contact hitter. And, and what's now very interesting is you would expect Helsley not to be available completely uh, because a, I mean, he threw 35 plus pitches and B there's clearly something, something going on there. Yeah. He said, so, he's got, he said he's got numbness in his finger. He can't feel the grip. So I don't know what happens there. I mean, well, this is why, this is why I think, I, you know, we were talking about them losing this, this series and I just don't see it, Bob. Well, so now do they, do they have Hicks tomorrow? Will, will he be available? Probably. He only threw that one inning, right? Hicks only so, threw one inning, right? Okay. So he, and Gallegos went over, went over two innings. He was like a – he pitched in parts of two innings, so he maybe not with him. Okay. But what do you have? I, and and, and uh, Michaelis, I mean, yeah, he had that one game against the Phillies where he was okay. I mean, he only gave up the one run. Um, Phillies just didn't hit that game. But the other game, the Phillies, you know, they tagged them. Yeah. You know, six hits, uh, two walks, home run, four runs, and five and a third uh, in the game in Philly. Like, I'm not – I don't think he's anything special. He's not a strikeout pitcher. Yeah, he's he's not. I mean, you always look at how is a guy going as he enters the postseason. And, I mean, he has been fairly good, uh, you know, in the month of September. He went uh, five starts, a 2-3-2 two, two ERA, 31 innings pitched, uh, 22 hits. Opponents at 200 against him. He made one start in October. He only went three innings. It was a, a tune-up here. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he's been pretty good down the stretch, but he's not a guy that, 
you know, you watch over over my shoulder here. If you if you're watching this on video, if it if it ends up making its way to YouTube, and you're looking at you Darvish, and you're looking at Max Scherzer, right? And you know, you saw Zach Wheeler today, and Quintana had been fantastic for St. Louis in the 12 starts that he made for the Cardinals this season, and he was he was excellent today. And you see these like these starting pitchers that put a little bit of a scare into you, and then you look at Miles Michaelis, and you go, I don't know. You know, like he, you respect him. He's a, he's a good arm, but he's not a guy that you go, Jesus, there's, there's no way we're going to get, there's no way we're going to score four runs off this guy tomorrow night. Like, yeah. I mean, I think can he, he could keep, he'll, he could keep St. Louis in the game, but I do think the Phillies are going to score against him. And I think, and you know me with Nola, I think this is, I think this is where we finally can put it all to rest, Bob. I really do. I, I think this is where, where it finally comes to rest that, that Aaron Nola is a premier pitcher. Yeah, and and if he pitches well tomorrow night and, and he gets the job done, you know, then and I said to you, I, I I realized and I noted that it was unfair going into that start on Monday, but I said if the Phillies score seven, I need that guy to go five innings and give up six. If the Phillies if the Phillies don't score at all or they score one, then I need you to go seven or eight and not give up a run. And like right. to his credit, that's exactly what he did. Yeah. I just needed to see him find a way to help his team win the game like and and win the game not even help but just be the guy yeah. that wins the game and he did that yeah tomorrow night yeah I, I don't think we have to get into the specifics but like tomorrow night for me i think it's an important start for him in so many different ways and i mean clearly it's a, a potential clinching game of a postseason series so i don't want to be captain obvious here but you said it you can put to bed once and for all any talk about your overall place among the, the, the 10, 15 best starting pitchers in baseball. And if you want to be that guy, then then do it tomorrow night. And yeah. this is their shot. And I will tell you, it, it, I think game three will be wild. If they play a game three, I expect it to be a ton of pitchers involved, probably higher scoring. I, I think it's going to be a wild game. The Phillies' best shot to win this series is absolutely in game two. They yep. need Aaron Nola to be that guy tomorrow night. I agree. And I think it's going to happen. I do. I think that the Cardinals are in a bad spot with their bullpen. I, I, I don't think that, you know, I mean, you can't try. Even, even if you say, you know, hey, oh, we have Adam Wainwright just kind of sitting back there. Dude has been terrible down the stretch. He's got nothing left. Um, you know, Flaherty maybe, but he was warming up the pitch today. So I, I think that they're going to probably use him out of the bullpen if they can. Um, I, 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 they don't have much else, Bob. I mean, it's it's what the Cardinals' weaknesses are. That's where their weakness is. You know, they're they're a really good. Their strength is they have the two best players in the National League this year, and they have a great defense. They're a great defensive team. Although you wouldn't know it from the ninth inning today. Wasn't it kind of nice? I mean, listen, I, I haven't watched Aaron, uh, Nolan Arenado on a, a consistent enough basis to really to say anything definitive about him. But right. in the two series that I watched him play the Phillies this season and then again today, have you ever seen a whinier? Just, I know. Just absolute, like, just – I'm not going to say it because, you know. Yeah. I'm, the credentials are going to censor me here a little bit. But just – like you just shake your head and go, like, dude, just shut up and go back into the dugout. Like yeah. he's always complaining about something. Yep, agree, 
Agree. But I mean, that's to see the, him make the error to see, to, to see him be the inferior third baseman up against Alec Boom today was, was quite something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and Edmonds, Edmund needs to make the play on the Segura hit, at least yeah. knock it down. Knock I mean, not, down. maybe not make the play, but keep, keep it in the infield. So it's only one run, you know, right. I mean, so like there's, there were some, there were some mistakes. And I don't look, I get the whole Yadier Molina thing. Dude cannot hit no. like at all. He's dreadful at the play. I, I typically in that ninth inning, I'm like, here we go. You know, the, the Cardinal yeah. scratch plus one. They put a couple guys on, and you're like, Jesus, like this doesn't, this does not feel good. Right. And then you and then you see Yadi Molina come up and you're like, we talked about the Cardinals playing with devil's magic all yeah. year. Yeah. And they would have needed an extra dose of it today. Yeah. And I will say, now that this has come up, we haven't even talked about Albert Pujols. And I, I don't want to, you know tempt the baseball gods by saying anything here and I'm, I'm just not going to do that for the fans sake but I took some satisfaction in watching him do nothing today and I took some satisfaction in him grounding into that 5-4-3 double play in a key spot in middle innings and when I listen his numbers in the second half of this season were phenomenal I mean he hit over 300 at 18 homers post break legit man like goes over 700 home runs awesome stuff from afar but then you turn on the broadcast today, and I'm not one of these guys. Like, I like Joe Buck. I actually think Joe Buck's, like, a really good announcer. Yeah. So when I hear Eagles fans complain about, like, Joe Buck's rooting for the other team, like, well, guess what? The other 31 teams fans in the NFL think the same thing when he calls their games. I did find that broadcast to be somewhat, I don't want to say, like, over the top and nauseating, but, like, they very clearly had the storylines they wanted to focus on. And it was very hard not to kind of roll your eyes when it's like, here comes Albert Pujols, like as if it's prime Pujols. Like, dude, give me a break. It's the postseason now. It's a little bit of a different ball game. They're not just throwing you frigging cupcakes down the middle so that you can, you know, make a story. It's a couple of New York guys. What do you expect? Yeah. You think, you think they're, they're going to throw a lot of love to Philly? I mean, come on. Yeah. It's just not in the, not in the blood. But I actually thought that they handled the, the ninth inning pretty well. Like, I mean, that's where I thought the broadcast kind of saved itself. And it's easy yeah. to say that Philly scores six runs. But, like, I felt like they handled the moments there fair, fairly well. But the beginning of that broadcast, it's like Arenado, Goldschmidt, the, you know, you talked about uh, Pujols and just Malik, like, just the whole thing. Just it was, it was a lot to take in. If you're a Phillies fan watching that home, I'm sure, I'm sure you're agitated by it. And I know Fransky's great, LA's great, but I've never been a – sync my radio to the tv guy like if i'm watching it on tv i, 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 I wouldn't even it. i wouldn't even know how to do that bob yeah <laughs> i'm serious i'm just i wouldn't even know how to sync it all you got to do if you have comcast or xfinity or whatever you just press pause in real time if it's a second or two uh off and you could just sync it up that way you'd be you'd be home free the remainder of the game but yeah I, well, I, I, just I, isn't for me. I, I stream through hulu so yeah i'm not like a merrill and mike guy and watch the game on fox like i, I yeah. don't know yeah, I'd rather just listen to Fox's D-list, D-list announcers. So, you know, that I think that's a pretty good summation of, of what we took in this afternoon. And it, it sets up really an opportunity with a lot at stake here. I mean, it was a, it was a great day to be a baseball fan in this city. Uh, and, and there's not a lot of days where, where things pay off to that degree. And that's the, the one thing that you try to take in is it, it's unfolding. Like to feel that to feel that intensity in like the third inning and you're like, every pitch matters. And like that, like, you know, the butterflies of it and all like, I, I missed that. And I, I, I think that that was the, the greatest part of today is not only do they win the game, but like 
just to feel the the rhythm and the flow of postseason baseball again in your gut. Yeah. No, it was great. It was awesome. It was it was fun to watch them get excited, you know, and to hear Thompson say that, that the, the dugout was electric. That's what he, what he was saying. He's saying the dugout was electric in the ninth inning. Like they could feel it. They knew it was coming. Right. And you could see them all reacting that way. I mean, you know, Harper had a shit day and he's getting fired up and Segura is jumping like a little kid as he's running down the first baseline. And um, they, I mean, they all are Sosa's calling himself safe as he's sliding across the plate. Yeah. Like every last thing, these are the images we're going to remember. Yeah. Like they're just the images that we're going to remember from this game. And it, it makes them a better team because it, it, if, you know, they keep saying they're close and they're tight and they believe in themselves. And, you know, we sit there and question it from the outside, but then you sit there and say, okay, maybe they do. They got in. Okay. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But it's games like this in the run, in the playoffs, that really bring it together that much more. And yeah, now they're well, going to now they're going to believe at any point in this playoff series or in any playoff series, whoever they play, that when they're down they can come back and win because yeah, they've done it. Tomorrow night, to me, it's like first inning, get two and just bury them. You know, yeah. like you, you could smell blood right now, and they've got some killers on this team. Like this is where you bring in Kyle Schwarber. I know he wasn't very good today. He had the sack fly in the ninth. He was terrible prior to that. But like smell blood and then if you're a winner like this is what you do you capitalize yep. when you have these opportunities and so it's it's going to be very very interesting to watch this play out uh let, let, you might let, have, yeah go let, ahead no no guy what are you going to say because i have i have last thing on the phillies i want to get to so one more thing that i wanted to just touch on uh real quick you've watched three uh full games and, and two innings now here of uh mets padres as we record this uh, who do you have winning these series? Any revised predictions on the? No, I mean, well, I mean, like I think I told you, I I liked Cleveland a lot uh, in that in a crazy American League, um, and my my thought was Cleveland to Atlanta would be the World Series. I'll I'll stick with that. Um, uh, my thought was is um, I, I liked Seattle because I liked I think they have better pitching than Toronto. I think both teams hit, and I know Seattle and it was so Seattle was my pick there. I just don't think they could beat Houston. Right. Um, I think Toronto has a better chance of beating Houston, um, but I, I but Seattle does not. I don't think so. So I think you're looking at a Cleveland-Houston ALCS, um, and I've been sticking with the Braves. I think it's going to be uh, Braves-Dodgers NLCS, and then um, Braves-Guardians is my prediction. I think they're going to upset the Yankees. I really do. Um, I think it's a rough a rough fall for for our friends up in New York. All right, very well. All right, well, hit me with your last Phillies thing, and then we'll get out of here. Bryson Stott, giving you a Chase Utley vibe? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I know he was really bad down the stretch, really struggled at different points down the stretch. Uh, I be, I've, I've always kind of just throughout the course of the year, and I've been known to overreact to things occasionally, usually in a negative way. But when Bryson Stott wasn't going well, I just kind of said, like, he's this is a guy that's going to figure it out. Like, this is not Scott Kingery. Right. And and then he did figure it out. And I was surprised about his, his struggles in September. But today he was a player that just found himself in the middle of everything. He just I've said it on the show before. I've I've written about it. He just has this like it factor about him. Uh, I, he's just a guy that seems to like he can handle the big moment. And uh, we saw that again, uh, you know, in glimpses again today. I mean, I thought his two walks were maybe more impressive than the, they gave him a hit. 
Yeah. Should've Easy for a kid to come out. Should have been a field. Right. Yeah. Should have been a fielder's choice. But yeah. I mean, but yeah, he could have been starstruck, you know, like deer in the headlights, you know, oh my God, I'm in the playoffs. And came out and, and gave every at bat was a professional at bat and really just played his ass off out there. And um, just, I, was, I looked at it, I'm like, there is that it factor is there. I don't yeah. think he has the same pop no. uh, as this player, but I, I, he kind of gives me, and again, different players, one's a lefty, one's a righty, just kind of gives me like Dansby Swanson vibes a little yeah. bit. Well, there you go. The guy that you're like, the numbers aren't, they're not bad. I think like Swanson hit like 277 this year. Yeah. Like, he's not like a, uh, an all-star five times over, but you're like a guy that just seems to find himself in the middle of everything, comes up with a lot of key hits and big spots. Yeah, and he's heady. Yeah. He's heady in the field. He knows to get somewhere, get to a bag, you know. Yeah, he just, I, I like how he thinks the game for a rookie. I really do. Or how about like a Brandon Crawford as a comp? Like something like that. Well, hey, if he becomes Brandon Crawford, that's great. Just again, like a guy that, you know, like yeah. just, I always look at like maybe I'm I'm not evaluating Brandon Crawford correctly, but I always look at Brandon Crawford as a guy who was more of a winner than he was a really good player. And I know that that takes a I mean, I know that Brandon Crawford, Crawford was a very good baseball player for a very long time. Right. Very productive player, but I always just when I think about him, I'm like he was just a dude that was like like, this guy's not that good, and look at his numbers, and oh my god, they're winning, and he got a key hit, and that's just yep. the way I, I always view him from afar. Yeah, no, I, I I think there's a lot to like. I think fans should be excited for Stott moving forward. So. All right, well, that will uh, put a bow on an emergency. Is this an emergency podcast? Is that what we just did? <laughs> um, well, that'll put a bow on this one. Uh, for Anthony Sanfilippo, I'm Bob Wankel. We will be back at the conclusion of this Phillies Cardinal series, one in which we hope we are setting up a potential nlds showdown with the defending world series champion atlanta braves i know that anthony and i have both picked the braves previously to win the world series and i am sure that if the phillies win this thing in two we we will probably start twisting ourselves into pretzels about how the phillies can pull the upset i will say this bob i will say this and if we go back let's go back to an episode that we did uh just before the all-star break it was leading into the All-Star break. And I told you that I could see a way that the Phillies make it to the NLCS this year. And you thought I was a little nuts. Fans <laughs> out the fans on Twitter responded to tell me I was crazy. I don't like the fact that they have to match up with Atlanta in the second round. Do you think that Atlanta do, do you think the Dodgers would have given them a better shot than it than Atlanta? Because I don't. I do. Wow. I do. Because and I'm I, aware of Los Angeles' seasonal failings in the postseason. Like I get it. It's a, I don't like I don't like their manager. Like any other. I don't I don't like their manager. I think he I think he causes a lot of the problems that they have in the postseason. And they got bullpen issues right now. And that's another concern. And I think that the Phillies can at least pitch well enough to stay in games with the Dodgers. The Braves the Braves bullpen is what scares me. Because they can match up inning by inning by inning. They have so many opposite arm guys that it's not like you just have to get through one or two at the back end. You have to get through four or five. Right. And I think that's where that's that's where it it scares me. But that said, Phillies played with them this year. They hung with the Braves. I think what they were one what they were eight and nine against the Braves or something like a nine and ten, whatever it was. Um, I mean they hung with them. 
So, all right. who knows? I think you make a series out of it. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see what we're talking about come Monday morning. I, I won't. I will not. I promise. Even if the <laughs> Phillies win tomorrow, tomorrow, I will not pick them to beat the Braves. No, I will no, not. No, uh, no, no red October fever or anything. No, I, I. You might get me to say it's a five game series. I might give them that, but I won't. I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna predict them to beat Atlanta. I'll be. I'll love it if they do. It'll be great. We'll have a lot of fun after that. Um, but no, I don't. I don't. I don't see myself changing that prediction. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to everybody soon.